Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Let's start with the Saints. Derek Carr coming over, you know, a little disgruntled late in his uh, career with the Raiders, but now he's a Saints quarterback. Um, You know, this offense has some weapons, right? Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, who knows if he's going to stay healthy. Rashid Rashid Shaheed, you know. Out of nowhere. um, Out of nowhere. You know, he he was doing well in OTAs, but now he's dealing with a groin injury. Okay, just keep that in mind. Uh, Should be ready for training camp, but who knows? Soft tissue injuries can linger. Uh, You know, in that backfield, we got Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller. So how are you looking at this offense right now, man? Like, are you looking at this as a an offense that could take a little bit of a step forward? Like, you know, maybe Chris Olave taking a step forward. Michael Thomas, let's see if he's healthy. You know, Derek Carr, you know, does he help them out? Kendrick Miller, a new addition as well, make maybe a little bit of a more explosive backfield. Do you think this offense can take a little bit of a step forward from last year? Absolutely. And it starts with the quarterback play. And I've never been one to say that Derek Carr is like some difference maker at the quarterback position. But, you know, we had many conversations about Derek Carr last season when he was sidecarring for Devontae Adams. But he is going to bring something that they haven't had for the past year or two, which is consistency. And if it's consistently average play, they're going to be better than they were the past two years on offense. Um, They have as many playmakers as they've had in a couple of years. It starts with Chris Olave. Alvin Kamara is a big question mark. I don't know about him. If he stays healthy, that's fine. And if he stays out of trouble, you know, we'll see how the suspension goes. Um, with this legal situation, they have it's suddenly a crowded backfield. Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller. I know you're a big fan of Kendra Miller, that kind of thing. Michael Thomas, if he stays healthy, there's a lot of upside here that if certain things shake out the right way, that this could be a really good offense. And I argue if everything goes, you know, smoothly, if Michael Thomas stays healthy, Alvin Kamara pans out, doesn't have anything to do with his legal situation that keeps him off the field. I think the offense has top 12 upside in the league, you know, in terms of the amount of yardage that it puts up, maybe even scoring, something like that. It's not going to be a bad offense. So I look at that and I say, well, this is going to be great news for Chris Olave because Derek Carr is going to be the best quarterback he's played with so far in his career. And he put up a great stat line last season, 72-10-44, four touchdowns. That leaves room for positive touchdown regression. 2.42 yards per route run, which is, you know, that mark that we like to see the two yards per route run. Um, that was fifth among all rookies, you know, I think, in the PFF era. And it was first among all rookies last season. You know, if you, the PFF keeps track of that stat. So really good stuff, you know, from Chris Olave last season. No reason to think that he can't um, take another step this season. Michael Thomas and Rashid Shahid, I don't think that's enough competition. I mean, it, 
if they if things pan out correctly, it could be some competition. But I think that I don't see Michael Thomas being 100% healthy and looking like the Michael Thomas of old, where he's going to be demanding all these targets. And Rashid Shahid, I think he's more of a deep threat. He's not going to be somebody that's targeted on a basis like Chris Olave is going to be. Chris Olave is a wide receiver 12, an underdog that reflects those high expectations the fantasy community has for him. I also have those expectations. But I think it's right on point. You know, I think that's kind of par for the course in terms of what I was expecting to be paying for him. And I'm comfortable having that with the upside that he presents this season, assuming he takes a step forward. Yeah, I think there's a a very good chance that Olave can finish this season as a wide receiver one. You know, he was like he was the most efficient rookie wide receiver last year. You mentioned 2.4 yards per route run. That's just bonkers for a rookie wide receiver, especially considering how many routes that he ran last year with a, you know, subpar quarterback, right? And now he has Derek Carr. So I think Olave can establish himself and build on that rookie season. Um, You know, in home leagues, like, you'll probably be able to get him in the third round, right? Like, he's going in the second on underdog, and that's fine. That's expected. Um, But I'm more than happy to bet on Olave this year. I think he's one of the best bets that you can make uh, for, you know, a wide receiver two, making that jump into fantasy wide receiver one territory for sure. Right now, what about Michael Thomas? Like, you know, are we doing this again? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I just want to stay away. Like, I, I, the value, you know, is quote unquote good. Wide receiver 47, eighth round. You know, sure, that's fine. But like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I just, I'm just done <laughs> with Michael <laughs> Thomas at this point. Yeah, is, is Chris Olave or bust for me? You know, um, the other pass catcher that I would potentially go after is Juwan Johnson. You know, he's a tight end mm-hmm. 19 off the board. In the fourth round, um, I'm sorry, 14th round. Sorry about that. Um, so that's 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 solid because like the all the OT reports are basically stating that Juwan Johnson and Derek Carr have a really really good um, rapport right now. So yeah, that's what you want to hear. Um, you know, he he only has uh, you know who's Foster Murrow behind him. So I think you know this is a situation where Juwan Johnson, you know, he's definitely the most most athletic tight end, you know, in that tight end room. And if you're looking for a late round tight end, he's definitely on that list of like, you know, four to five guys that, you know, I would target, you know, in those teen rounds. Right. Yeah. I think that uh, makes total sense. Um, yeah. I, with Michael Thomas, you know, just going back to that, you don't want to deal with him. Would you rather have Rashid Shahid? Do you think? <laughs> no, not really looking at it like that either, to be honest with you. All like, right. You know, I think it's Chris Olave or bust. I think Rashid Shahid can be good. He's going to have his games, big play guy, but I don't think he's going to get any sort of volume. If Michael Thomas stays healthy, he's going to get, you know, uh, a decent amount of volume. If Michael Thomas stays healthy, I would bet that he's like a wide receiver two this year, right? Um, mm-hmm. But who knows if that's ha- that's going to happen. Like right now, it's still up in the air, right, whether yeah. he's going to be healthy or not. So don't want to bet on him at all. And Rashid Shahid, you know, n- nice story, but is he going to be fantasy, like that fantasy relevant? Maybe in standard leagues, best ball makes sense. But in regular leagues, we're like, you know, is he a flex play? Eh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Now, going to the backfield, like to me, there is zero reason to draft Jamal Williams, right? Let's say right. Alvin Kamara gets suspended. Kedja Miller is the guy that you want, not Jamal Williams, right? Miller yep. and Williams, they're being drafted right next to each other. Miller is a better runner. He's a better pass catcher. And, you know, Williams will probably be, you know, a breather back at best right and if Kamara mm-hmm. isn't suspended for too long Williams might not even be fantasy relevant like I think Kendrick Miller could surprise as being a lot more fantasy relevant this year than people think um 
Now, in the scenario where Kamara is playing, I still think he's the guy in the backfield. But I think Miller could and should compliment him on early downs, right? Um, looking at Kamara's price, he's going off the board as the as the RB31 in the ninth round on underdog, which is like, you know, I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense. Like, it, it should be earlier than that. Like, how big is that suspension going to be, right? Like, I, I would say, like, let's say it's six games. Right, I mm-hmm. kind of feel like the price is still solid for what he can give you uh, in games he's not suspended for, right? So, right. you know, it's Kamara, it's Kendra Miller. You know, I understand, like, I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, they paid Jamal Williams this and that. Like, it wasn't that much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and so, then they drafted Kendra Miller. So, yeah. in the third round. So, you know, I don't look at the situation like, oh, they paid Jamal Williams this this amount of money, so now they have to use him. I don't look at it like that at all. They're going to use the best players that they have. Mm-hmm. So you envision like, I mean, what is the role that you're envisioning for Jamal Williams? Because I, 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 I don't. I don't think a role he's going to be him. like. I don't think he's going to be taking over a backfield or anything. But I, I think he's going to have like. It sounds like you're projecting 25 where, carries where, on the season. Where does you know? <laughs> where does Jamal where does Jamal Williams fit? In, in, in his role i think early downs you have kendra miller and alvin kamara sharing that and okay. passing downs that's all alvin kamara and where does jamal williams fit goal line i think i could totally see them doing that just because they added him you know what i mean i mean, I, I, I could see it but kendra miller could do that yeah Alvin kamara could do that from a fantasy perspective, yes, we would love to see Kendra Miller do that. But no, 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 I'm not saying what I would love to love to see. I'm just saying oh, yeah. from a skill set perspective, like they all have that skill set. Exactly. So why would they just throw Jamal Williams out? You know what I mean? That's that's how I'm looking at it. I feel like he's going to vulture a couple touchdowns. I'm not yeah, saying sure. that he'd be somebody that. that we should be targeting or anything, but he's going to have a small small role where it's probably going to be, you know, pulling Kamara's value maybe down a little bit. It's just going to just spread out the production over three running backs instead of two, which I we don't want from a fantasy perspective. See, but. and for me, it's like the delta between Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams is high, and the delta between Kendra Miller and Jamal Williams, I think, can end up being pretty high as well. Mm-hmm. So right. I just I'm envisioning, you know, I, I would say like you know on a per per game basis what is jamal williams averaging i would say like five touches a game if that maybe that that would be best yeah it might be best case scenario for jamal williams while all three assuming all three backs are healthy now healthy or not suspended if if camara is suspended then i think you know he's gonna jamal williams will have a, a sizable role even then i don't think he's gonna be too fantasy relevant unless he is the clear goal line guy which i'm not even sure he will be at this point i I think he could get that if Kamara's suspended. That's I think that's what it all comes down to, just Kamara's status. And obviously, we don't know what that's going to be. But you're right. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a year-long suspension or anything like that. No. I mean, they're pushing it way off. I don't know why. I highly doubt it. But I, I think that, yeah. It, it, it all just depends on Alvin Kamara's situation. And with Alvin Kamara, I think it kind of reminds me of Michael Thomas last year. Where we were just uncertain. I mean, obviously, obviously, Michael Thomas was coming off injury; it wasn't a suspension looming. But we just don't know. I think Michael Thomas is going right in this range, eighth, ninth round. You know, we weren't sure what to expect, but we know who he is as a player, and he ended up not playing the next year. I don't think that's going to be the case for Kamara, but it's just all this uncertainty that I don't feel like dealing with. That's I called Alvin Kamara. He's my avoid for the Saints because I just don't want to deal with that right now. You know, I'd rather pick 
somebody else, Kendra Miller, you know, even somebody else, M Michael Thomas, I might take ahead of Alvin Kamara just because there's less headache. And I'm not saying that I'm taking Michael Thomas ahead of Alvin Kamara in terms of the draft, but if I had to pick one or two at their prices, you know, I might just like take the risk on Michael Thomas. I don't like the risk that Alvin Kamara has and he's my avoid. I I'm not a fan of him for this season. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really see that situation playing out as a headache because he, if he gets like, you're drafting him at an eighth, ninth round price. So like you, you're, you're going in knowing like the, the, it's already baked into his ADP. So like, you're assuming that he's just going to sit on your bench until he's healthy. I'm, I'm sorry, until he's not suspended or while he's not suspended. So let's say he's not suspended. Like, where you ranking him in your rankings on a week on a on a weekly basis? Let's say week one he's not suspended. Where are you ranking him? The way that we saw him produce last season, and I think that could potentially carry over. You know, it was actually some of the least efficient play that we've seen from him in a while. Uh, two point seven two yards after contact per attempt, the second lowest yards per attempt that he's had in his career. Um, I'm not saying he's slowing down. He's going to be twenty eight, but I'm going to say he would probably max out at a high RB two for me in my rankings, which is awesome for a ninth round pick. Right, and, and that's, that's, that's yeah, that's, that's maxing the ceiling. Out. And yeah. what's his floor though? His floor, though, depending on you know the way low that RB, plays uh, out low in RB two, I think a high RB three would be where I'd put his floor, depending on where it goes. I just we're not sure exactly how this backfield is going to play out. I think that both of these backs, Kendra Miller and Jamal Williams, are going to have some sort of role, and it's just going to limit Kamara's touchdown upside. He might have higher PPR value, but I don't think that his upside. We're, we're only we're only talking PPR sure. here. We're only talking right. PPR. We're not talking standard or anything like that. I think right. PPR would be the way we would rank it. So, yeah, the, the way I'm looking at this is like while Kamara is healthy, I'm not saying he's going to be like an RB1 or anything, but like while he's healthy, he's going to be an RB2. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep saying healthy. He's not He's not yeah, hurt. When, when he's playing. Um, field, when he's yep. playing, like I think he's going to be an RB2 at the very least. So because right. of that, I'm like I'm perfectly fine with him just like hanging around on my bench as somebody who can come in and you know, grab five, you know, six, seven balls out of the backfield on, in any given week, um, especially at that price. So I'm okay with it. I'm not. He's not one of my targets. I would say, but I think yeah. I think he's he's a decent pick at that price. Now in home leagues, he's not going to be that late. Under on underdog, he is. I mm -hmm. would I would assume that in home leagues, right now, if you're drafting today, you can probably get him in the sixth round, seventh round, maybe. You know, so, so that, that's you like the that's value kind of with him that he presents. Potentially. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Of course. Yeah. That's it. I mean, right. it's it, you, you see, look at the running backs who are being drafted around him. It's like all backups, you know? So, well, two, two players going just a couple spots ahead of him. And I hate to drag out the conversation, but James Connors, RB 27 and Dave Montgomery's RB 28. I know I like both of them. I of think course. you like both of them. Did, you know, yeah, if it I came do. down to it, if it came they're, down to it, they're in my rankings. Of, yeah. They're in my rankings as like mid RB twos for, you know, both of them are. Yeah. Camaro's not. If came, yeah, but. if it came down to it, that's where I would be happier taking them, even though they're a little bit more expensive, you know, a round or two ahead. But I would go for that over Alvin Kamara. But that that that's yeah. just me. Connor's going off the board as the RB twenty seven and Montgomery's the twenty as twenty eight. Um and then like you have <laughs> yeah, and then Zach Charbonnet is going after Kamara thirty two, AJ Dillon thirty three, Samaj Pian thirty four Brian Robinson, thirty-five. So among that group, like Alvin Kamara is like like the no-brainer choice for me. All right, so we're in different yeah. boats in that range, but perfectly fine. 
Yeah, because if you look at the ADPs, like James Conner and David Montgomery, they're actually going in the eighth round, right? Mm -hmm. And Alvin Kamara is going in the ninth round, like a full round later. So it's a little bit of of a different range. Like Kamara's going uh, a a half a pick before Charbonnet, uh, about a pick and a half or two picks uh, behind A.J. Dillon. So he's more in that range than the James Conner, David Montgomery range. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery All Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Um, okay, moving on to the Falcons. Desmond Ritter, he's the quarterback this year. Uh, this is, I think, a lot like more welcome than you would think because Marcus Mariota was absolutely terrible last year. And, yeah. you know, you obviously want guys like Kyle Pitts and Drake London to do their thing because we know how talented they are. Um, but they just drafted B. John Robinson. You know, they already had Tyler Algier. They have a good offensive line. We know the head coach wants to run the ball, but I would imagine that they throw the ball a little bit more this yep. year. Drake London's going off the board as a wide receiver 23 uh, in the fourth round. I think with Ritter, this can go in a different direction for London. Um, you know, Marcus Mariota sucked. They averaged more pass attempts with Ritter, almost 29 attempts per game in his games played compared to 23 per game with Mariota. That's a sizable difference there, right? Yeah. Now, can this offense be good? I think it can be, man. I think it can be go- a good offense just overall. Now, is the pass environment going to be, you know, amazing? The, we know the run environment is going to be amazing, but we need that yeah. pass environment to be amazing. What I mean by that, you know, a lot of plays run, right? You know, the pace needs to be up there. We mm-hmm. want the we want them to be able to pass the ball, you know, more in neutral game scripts, right? pass the ball more on early downs. We would love to see that. And then you have Kyle Pitts. You know, if between the two guys, London and Pitts, like maybe I'd rather bet on London. But I will say that Pitts has a legit bounce back, you know, he's he's a legit bounce back candidate this year. He has ridiculous upside. Like Mm -hmm. everyone is so butthurt over last season, right? Yeah. Like I don't know what what you see in Kyle Pitts. Like the dude, like the all the underlying metrics show that like Kyle Pitts can be that dude. Okay, so mm-hmm. do not be surprised if Pitts has a big year. You know, he has top two upside at the position, like assuming that Kelsey's still the guy, because if Kelsey's not the guy anymore, he has overall tight end one upside. Yeah. Right? He didn't play with Ritter, so we don't know what that connection will look like, but I will guarantee that it will look better than it did with Marcus Mariota. Less yeah. than 60% of Pitts' targets were catchable last year with Mariota. Do you understand how bad that is? Like, that was the <laughs> lowest 
among qualifying tight ends last year. Uh, Dwayne McFarland pointed out that the average for tight ends was 79%, and Pitts was at 59%. Okay. Right. So Pitts was dealing with terrible quarterback play last year. He got hurt before Desmond Ritter took over. So I wouldn't be surprised, man. Like, I have Pitts ranked, you know, as like my tight end seven, tight end eight. And, you know, I want to put him higher. I can't mm-hmm. because I like these other guys as more dependable options. But you got to understand that Pitts' range of outcomes is way higher. Like, it, the range of outcomes, his higher end outcome is way higher than a couple of the guys that I have ranked ahead of him this year. Absolutely. And I'm in agreement. I like Kyle Pitts. I like this whole offense, actually. And, you know, we talk about them being potential dark horse winners of the NFC South. This has, like, dark horse potential for very good fantasy offense written all over it. I mean, I look at the pieces, like you said. They just drafted Bijan Robinson to go with Tyler Algier in the backfield. That's two fantastic running backs, you know, especially by advanced metrics. Both of them are very good. Their offensive line is great. They have now two very good weapons in the receiving game. You talk about Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Like, I'm Desmond Ritter. This is a huge difference compared to what we had last season. You know, and this is a situation I'm going to be walking into as essentially still a rookie quarterback. If Desmond Ritter doesn't take a step forward, you know, I'd be genuinely surprised. I think that this is an offense that anybody can really succeed in. It's not the best offense in the league, but it has every piece that you could ask for, you know, to have solid, efficient production from the quarterback. And if that's what we can get from Desmond Ritter, that's only going to be good for guys like Kyle Pitts and Drake London. I like Kyle Pitts. I love Drake London. I think that his, like I said, Desmond Ritter's development is going to be key to determining what kind of upside Drake London has. But assuming he plays better, I think Drake London could have a huge season. You know, 2.07 yards per route run, going back to that stat again, he was second behind Chris Olave, who we just mentioned. And he was, um, he received 114 targets last season on the heaviest run offense in the league. They ran the most run plays. And we know that's going to be the same kind of identity, you know, going into 2023 with Arthur Smith still at head coach. But you mentioned that that they threw the ball more with Desmond Ritter. That's only going to be better for Drake London. Things just keep getting better. You know, every, every all signs are pointing up for him. It was a six target difference per game. You know, for I think you said is that that's what six, it was for six, six six pass attempts per game of a difference between those two quarterbacks. Yeah. Yes, six pass attempts a game. That's like a whole receiver. You know, like that's fine. And obviously, it's not going to be necessarily. Drake London, if he gets more targets than that per game, which I expect, you know, that's not a whole receiver, but you get six whole extra targets going out to different receivers in the game. That's a big difference. I think that even takes another step forward because I think as long as Desmond Ritter can play efficiently, 30, 31, 32 targets, uh, pass attempts a game. I keep saying targets, sorry. Pass attempts a game is not out of the question. So I think it's difficult to envision a scenario where Ritter does anything but improve or at least at the very least maintain what he was doing last season. And if Drake London can do that, Last season with all the bad, you know, quarterback play that they had and just the uncertainty there. I think that he has weekly top 12 upside in his future. I think that's a pretty solid baseline for him on a weekly basis. Yeah, he's going off the board as a wide receiver 23 uh, in the fourth round. I, I think that's solid. I think that ranking and where he's going off the board is is pretty good. And that's I would say that's around his floor, you know, the, the low as a low end wide receiver, too. So, right. you know, I'm hoping that this offense can take a little bit of a step forward. And, you know, Bijan Robinson, you know, he's going off the board as an RB3. I have him as my RB5 this year. Um, you know, <laughs> and, you know, I, I would totally – I can totally understand him finishing as an RB3. Uh, by the way, my rankings are on patreon.com slash upperhandfantasy. You can check 
all of our Superflex rankings, you know, positional rankings, Dynasty, Redraft, all of it's there and updated. So please go check that out. Um, but, you know, B. John Robinson, you know, is a first-round pick this year, no doubt about it. Um, you know, if you can get him at the end of the first, you know, pair him with a, a, a solid receiver, you know, I think that's a great uh, way to start a draft. Uh, you really can't go wrong with Bijan, right? And I totally understand yeah. that a lot of folks think that Tyler Algier is going to be, you know, taking away snaps from Bijan, taking away rushes. He's in a three-way timeshare, this and that. I'm like, dude, listen, Bijan was taken as a top 10 pick. He's going to be used in an every down bell cow capacity because yeah. he is just different. Okay. Algie is going to get eight to 10 carries a game. I can see it, but that's because I think just the size of the pie is going to be a lot bigger. And I think Bijan's still going to get that work. He's still going to be involved with the passing game. Um, so because of all of those reasons, you know, Bijan's still going to be finishing as a top five. It's going to be hard for him not to, to be honest. Yeah, they didn't make Bijan Robinson the first top 10 overall running back since 2018 to have him split carries, you know, 50-50 or 60-40 with Tyler Algier. So that's the way I look at it. Nobody's sitting there in Atlanta saying, well, what about Tyler Algier? No, it's it's Bijan Robinson's show right now. And I like Tyler Algier. He had he did very well in his rookie season, you know, over a thousand yards rushing. But like you said, it's just not going to be split between those two. You look at uh, Tyler Algier's skill set, it's in the run game. He was only targeted 17 times in 2022, and that number is not going to go up. His upside is severely capped because B. John Robinson's there, and it's not any part of his, it's not any fault of his that this is the guy he's going to be playing against now. This is how they drafted him. Um, I think that he's a premium handcuff, Algier is, if anything would happen to B. John Robinson. And yeah. that's in his ADP, you know, RB48. We saw him have some very um, good metrics you know, in the, in the efficiency department last season, he, he was one of the highest yards after contact. And after, actually when he was receive, receiving the ball, he had one of the highest yards per reception, you know, in the league. Um, but I think that as long as B. John Robinson's on the field, you know, he's going to be just a handcuff. I don't even think he has really weekly upside value as a flex or anything like that. He's going to just kind of be off the radar until if something would happen to B. John. 2400 sports is an odyssey company. 